Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You have to hold spending increases to 1.2% per year for the next four and a half years. Uh, what that translates to is a real is a cut of about $850 per person on spending. So the government spends about $10,000 a person now overall on programs. There you go. That is Peter Weltman. Who is he? He is the Chief Financial Accountability Officer. A very dry title for a, probably a very dry job, but a very important job in the province of Ontario because he watches all the numbers. And uh, essentially what we learned today is that if Ontario is to pay down the deficit at all, it is going to mean some serious, serious belt tightening. And so the report itself... Um, it's got some pretty scary numbers. If we don't cut back spending, the deficit moves up to $16 billion by 22-23. And a lot of people don't care about deficits, but I do. Because as long as we're paying down these enormous deficits, you know, we're not even paying them down. As long as we're just trying to manage them, we're literally throwing away billions, over a billion a month just to service that. And the more the interest rates go up and more inflation goes up, that just keeps going up and up and up. So we're basically just throwing out, well, around $13 billion a year just making the minimum payments. Kind of like when you get your credit card in and it's $1,000, but you only put the $10 down. You never pay the damn thing off. And it just keeps going up. So what aren't we spending money on, as he was just saying? Well, we don't spend it on education. We don't get to spend it on health. You know, there's no money to bring down taxes. We're just literally throwing it out. That's why it drives me crazy. But Premier Ford ran on balancing Ontario's books at the end of his first term. And there have been a lot of questions. You know, how is he going to do that? Because we don't know the plan. So what this report basically says is we're either going to have to have some big cuts to service or hike taxes. Either one of those choices is awful. Let's bring in Eric Aaron Woodrick, of course, federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Association, because he's the guy who's supposed to watch the dollars and cents and make it make sense to us. He joins us now. Hello there. How are you doing, Alex? Well, I'm good. What was your takeaway uh, from the report today? Well, look, I think it's fair to say there's not much that's new here. I think everybody, even going into the last election, knew uh, Ontario was just living beyond its means. We had a government that was just spending way more than it was bringing in. That's how we got in this mess in the first place. That's why we're wasting a billion dollars a month, as you say, on interest. Uh, in comes Doug Ford, promises to fix that problem. But and I think we talked about this during the campaign, Alex. He was short on details. He said, I'll balance the budget, but I'm not going to fire anyone. It was almost magic. You know, and our concern was, well, it's not going to be quite that easy, Doug. You're going to have to make some tough choices. And lo and behold, uh, you know, the the accountability officer shows that that's true. So we need to take a long, hard look at spending. Uh, You know, our position is this government is spending too much. It's not a question of needing more money. It's that we're spending too much money and we're spending it in inefficient ways. 
And we want to make some tough choices. You know, people say, well, what should we cut? I think there's obvious candidates. Uh, some of the green energy subsidies that we've seen are, are already off the chopping block. There's a whole bunch of other business subsidies too, uh, Alex, and in, in yeah. the billions of dollar range. I mean, this is, this is stuff that uh, it, it is this government's picking and choosing which businesses get free taxpayer money. This is outrageous and it needs to stop. And I think that should be at the top of the list uh, if the Ford government is serious about getting us back to a mounts budget. Yeah, I, I don't know how they do that, though, because unfortunately we are addicted to, uh, you know, the, that corporate welfare to which you refer because we've become so uncompetitive in Ontario. How do you get businesses to come here without offering them something? So I'm not sure how Ford is going to fulfill the, you know, Ontario is open for business, given we really aren't. Well, then, and you've touched on something, you know, if it's uncompetitive, we can't afford to cut taxes unless we get spending under control, right? That's, that's part of where we would find the room. So, you know, there's the two big items, though, that a lot of people don't want to talk about. The two things that eat up most of the money we spend in this province, Alex, are healthcare and education. Yeah. And these are two, the third rails, right? Um, but I think it's time we started looking, not necessarily cutting the services, but maybe changing the way we deliver them. Right. Because sometimes there's a way to get more bang for your buck if you if you have reform in the system. And I know it's the elephant in the room in this country. Nobody ever wants to talk about health care being reformed. Uh, but we need maybe it's time we started looking at it, because the reality is those two things eat up about two thirds of all the money we spend in this province. And if we don't do something about those two things. Um, it's not going to make much difference what we do with everything else because there's just not that much money there. Right. And we know that contract negotiations start uh, for some of the school boards in the summer, and they're already gearing up for a showdown against the Ford government. But again, in the education area, you can make cuts, not necessarily in the classroom, but the salaries uh, and the benefits. And, and that's where all the money going. Or as we just heard the other day, all those sick days that are being cashed in. Uh, I don't know how... I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it doesn't. This is one area I hope Doug Ford cuts. I just don't know how, Aaron, given the power of the unions and how much noise they'll make. Well, I'll tell you this. It's not going to be painless. There's no way to do any of this without spending some political capital. But, you know, that's, that's what you do when you are new into office. I mean, people think back to the Mike Harris era. When he came into office in 1995, you know, people, people's heads were exploding, the things he did. But guess what? He got reelected in spite of the screams. And I, and I hope that's a lesson for, for Doug Ford is that, yeah, some people are going to scream, the usual characters in the public sector unions are going to squeal, uh, but you've got to do it because if you don't do it now, then the next government's certainly not going to do it. So you've got to bite the bullet. And, you know, sometimes the public will reward you for taking a tough stand. They did it for Mike Harris. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll do it for Doug Ford as well. Well, I mean, the bottom line is it's necessary. And, and I look, education, I think, has to be overhauled. Just even the whole funding formula of it is backwards. I think they have to take a really good look at where the money's going because we know it is not getting into the classroom and a lot of vulnerable kids are being hurt by that. And so there are things that need to change. I think that's a huge fight. It's going to take some time. In the other area you speak of, which is health, the last thing we can afford right now is to cut back on any services. And I hate to think that we would have to cut frontline services, but the area they can cut are all those fat cat executives uh, that were brought in kind of as an extra level of sludge in the bureaucratic area, uh, what the liberals did. Well, yeah. And, you know, you talk about healthcare and education, and it's not necessarily a question of cutting services. If, if, we, if spending more was going to be the solution to make healthcare and education better, we'd have the best two systems in the world, but we don't. And yeah. so that suggests that, as you say, there are ways that you can spend the money, uh, even the same amount of money, hold the line, but get better results for the same amount. I think that's what they need to look at here. Um, look, it, this has to be dealt with now. 
the longer we put it off, the worse it's going to be. It's as you said earlier, it's like a credit card. If you don't start dealing with the bounce now, you're just going to piss away a lot of money on interest payments. So they've got to bite the bullet and, and start making some moves. Well, here's the concern. I mean, because this this um, narrative of, well, people don't care about deficits is now becoming entrenched, which I don't happen to agree with. But we also have a lot of economists now uh, in the last couple of weeks using the R word. My concern, Aaron, would be if we go into recession in the next six months, because we don't know what's now happening with China. They hate us. We don't know what's going on with the terror. <laughs> There's so much volatility right now. Um, what happens if in six months we are in recession? Yeah, that, that's, there's no question that the narrative is going to change then. But, you know, we just had a, a federal fiscal update here. The government was crowing about, you know, we've got the lowest unemployment rate in 40 years. And I'm still not buying those numbers. I'm yeah. still not. I'm not. I'm not because they don't make sense to me. They just yeah, don't look, make sense. There's been a long running debate about the labor force survey yeah. numbers. So you're, you're on point there. But look, if the economy is doing well, and it is in parts of the country, there's no question. Sure. But it, it's sort of like that. You remember the Roadrunner cartoon where the Wiley Cody's running off the cliff and he mm-hmm. just keeps going for a while. Mm-hmm. That's sort of where our economy is. Don't look down because otherwise you, you may end up falling. Uh, but that's part of the problem. The fact that we're still running deficits federally and provincially, even when times are good, is a really bad sign because it's certainly not going to get any easier when the economy goes south. Am I wrong to think um, that, you know, all this you know deficit spending at the federal level, you know, has artificially kind of, um, you know, made the economy much better than it really is? No, you know, I don't know. They're going to claim that. I don't think in, a, in an economy as large as ours, spending a couple extra billion does not make that much of a difference. Um, so, I, I, you know, the, the Liberal government is certainly going to try and make that claim that they're, they're all, they get all the credit for it. But I, I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think the bigger concern, as I said, is, you know, if, if you're bragging that things are so good, but you still don't have spending or control, I think a lot of people start to ask, well, you know, if, if uh, revenues are booming and you still don't have costs under control, when, when will you be able to get them under control? Yeah, and I think the takeaway, one of the big takeaways uh, from this report today was that uh, we can't grow our way out of this. And so, you know, you've got this non, you know, nonpartisan, um, you know, watchdog over our money saying, look, this is, you got to cut somewhere because you cannot think that rebuilding manufacturing and having a strong economy is going to fix this because it's not. Yeah, it won't. Look, you could alleviate some of it. And in fact, you know, you got to be careful of cutting taxes when, yeah. uh, when, when the economy is weak. But, you know, Mike Harris cut taxes and he actually increased revenue. So if you cut the right taxes and actually stimulate investment and economic activity, you can actually raise more money by cutting taxes. So the government should look at that, but they just have to tread carefully on that point. No kidding. Well, you know, we'll wait and see what happens in the next uh, couple of months. But the report's out, the deficits are high, and I hope to God we can get our books in um, some kind of order in the next year. Appreciate it, Aaron. Always a pleasure, Alex. Always. Thank you. That is uh, Aaron Woodrick with the Canadian Taxpayers uh, Association. I watch these guys a lot, both provincially and federally, uh, on Twitter to see what, you know, what their barometer is saying. What are these guys saying? Um, and if you want to follow them, you can, too. It gives you an idea of uh, how cringeworthy some of these announcements are. But there's, there's just no other way of explaining this. We need to tighten our belts. Everybody. Period. Not just the teachers. Not just the unionized labor. Everyone. So we'll see where they, uh, what they've learned from the report and where they go. Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.